Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, May 18, 2023. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We'll start with, above all the moving averages, the trend is your friend until it's not. We had about a 1% up day, 4 bucks in the SPY or Spiders, about 40 points, 39 points in the SPX Cash Index. Make note, the weekly chart, 100 period moving average, former pivot high is here for 1831. They closed above it today. It's a weekly number. Close above it for the week, and it opens the door for 420, which may happen tomorrow anyway. They came close by the end of the day, and then you have the gap at 422. To be exact, 422.14, I believe, correct? We bring back the daily chart. We brought back the inverse head and shoulders formation. Let's go over it one more time. We have a left shoulder. We had a head. We had a right shoulder, we had a breakout above, never came close to retesting it, and the target is either, for argument's sake, the gap at 422.14 or slightly higher by a buck or two. A lot of people thought that was a little bit of a ridiculous thing to talk about. It stayed on the chart. I took it off this week, and what happened? They start moving up there, so we brought it back. By the way, back to the weekly chart. Above the 100-week moving average, on close, on weekly close, not just once, but really a couple of times, is going to get a lot of people around the financial markets interested. Why? Above all the moving averages, the trend is your friend until it's not. Now, we have something else. I talked about it a couple of times. Let's bring it up one more time. The end of next week is an important period of time. From the work I do, the cycle work, 25th, 26th, the end of next week, something in that neighborhood can be, and can be is the operative word, or two words, can is the operative word, can be a potential turning point in the market. Why is that? Well, here's the way it works. If markets are trending up or down into one of these periods of time, they don't all work, they don't all reverse the tape. Some do, they can. It's an awareness, so if the market is trending in a direction into one of these periods of time, my antennas go up, I'm looking for something that I teach in the class, Lazy E-Mini Trader, I'm looking for signs and signals of a market reversal. We're not going to just willy-nilly buy a position because the market's doing one thing and you're into a supposed important time frame. You have to get evidence from the market that something is changing. And until that happens, you just let it go. One more time, this is options expiration week where what do we say, quote unquote, weird stuff happens. It's not lost on me. There are a lot of markets gonna crash. The credit situation is terrible. The commercial real estate market is terrible. Everything around the world is terrible. The regional bank situation is not cleared up. That's terrible. There's a lot of the market's going to crash videos and blog posts and articles out there. Well, guess what? The more the sentiment becomes bearish, the higher the market goes. Weird stuff happens during options expiration week. With all that sentiment on the bearish side, 
do you think for a moment that there were a lot of puts bought in the market where a lot of traders were issued a what? A pie in the face. Short answer? Absolutely. And in terms of the S&P chart or the SPY chart, there's nothing else to see. The shorter time frames all have a ramp up today. The 120 chart, the 240 chart, obviously the daily chart. They're headed to a destination 420, 422.14, and probably a little bit higher. Let me just date you back a little bit of time. Remember what we said back here? Market had an opportunity to go down. The choice was to not. The choice was to have a rescue operation. Two weeks in a row, weekly chart. Market had an opportunity to go down right here. Could have collapsed that week, could have collapsed this week. The choice was not to. By the end of the week, they closed bullish on this week, closing at the highs. The next week, they still closed just fine, eating time off the clock underneath the 100-period moving average. We talked about it at least 500 times. When the market has a choice to go down and it chooses to have a rescue operation, it's telling you something. It's evidence that something is going on, not bearish, but bullish. What about inside the numbers? We had plenty of traders today make money in the live room, notwithstanding something that happened late in the day or in the afternoon into late in the day, which I know several traders took advantage of. We'll get to that later. Read the notes, pause the video, go back to the chart, and double-check the work. I'm going to just scroll up and start with a few things that happened early in the morning. We'll highlight a few things, and then we'll move on. The first thing that happened is I was interested in 414.65. So you'll notice at 8.40 in the morning, we had the 8.30 data shuffle. And what happened was I noticed right away, I see the writing on the wall. I've been here before, seen this before, read this book before. The thieves in the morning are beginning to eyeball my first trade idea, which is a bounce off 414.65. Now, this is at 8.40 in the morning. We think better in pictures. Now, watch this. Five-minute chart, right at the vertical is today's activity. First candle of the day, the low is what? 414.67. Two pennies. We have some traders that are certainly willing to buy a few pennies in front, below a number. It's splitting hairs over a few pennies. I give you the numbers and traders in the room inside the numbers. They do what they're comfortable doing. That's item number one. However, this is the pre-market sponsored by the pre-market thieves. Now here is 8.40 in the morning when I posted that note. Now I see the writing on the wall. I know what they're going to do. What are they going to do? They're going to come in and run a test of my number, 414.65. They do that. They bounce away. And then in the regular session without the pre-market data, they touch it or they miss it by two pennies. Garden variety, trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. All right, let's move on. Nine o'clock, just noting the thieves in the morning did the thing. So here we have the deal for now. 4.14.65 is important. If below, the door will open for 4.13.85. Next number of importance. Below that could be a bit of a vacuum, which makes the zone 4.14.65 down to 4.13.85. They came to 414.67 and bounced. So technically, the number worked. And as you can see, 932, 414.67 low against that number. And there you have it. But wait, there's more. Now check this out. 939. 415.50 is the pivot. We had a nice bounce for traders that were in slightly in front of the number. And keep that in mind. 415.50 is the pivot. We'll get back to that later. Let's see what else we have. Here we have a market rising, so we have a potential short opportunity. 
1655 to 41680 is a zone of overhead resistance sooner than later. 41762 would be the line in the sand. And we always talk about candle closes. They spend time above a place that opens the door to the next place. Spend time below a place, it opens the door to the next place down below. Now we switch things up a little bit, look at a 15-minute chart. You can see now, here's the zone, and here's the top of the zone, 41680. That was in the notes. 41762 was the line in the sand. They ran a test a couple of times, couldn't close candles above. They came back down. They gave you the trade. So what we had traders in the room doing was not only shorting that original zone, but they also took the liberty to short up at 417.62 in front of it, above it. So they were averaging their price. And then when the market came back down, they got paid handsomely. Keep in mind, write this down, put it on a sticky note. A line in the sand, whether it's a stop down below or a stop up above, is another place, is another number that we don't want to contend with if they start closing candles above. It blows out the zone. It changes the setup. It changes the trade. The trade isn't working. So therefore, that stop price, that line in the sand, is another number. Traders know that. Now more traders know that. Moving along, pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. As you can see, the market was relatively quiet most of the day, minus a little bit of a morning high and pullback. And we talked about the morning high somewhere in here. We talk about it in the live room. And here it is, 11.23. They'll put in some kind of a morning high at some point. They'll generally do that. Morning low, morning high, they reverse, they go sideways. They're going to do that the majority of the time. Can we have a trend day in one direction all day? We can, we have, we do, we will again, but it doesn't happen that often. We go with what happens the large majority of the time using the 80-20 rule. Our lives are governed by that. The majority of time, the same stuff happens over and over again. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. Now here's what I want to show you. Remember, 4.15.50 is still the pivot. Remember the pivot from before. This post is 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Here is 1 o'clock in the afternoon. It's still the pivot. They come into the pivot, they bounce off the pivot, and rally into the end of the day. It pays not only to know your numbers, but to know what the pivot is. In the live room, we were talking about this as the day was getting wrapped up or the morning was getting wrapped up, which is the spike the low, rip it back up in the other direction thing is on the table, and they did it here, and then they did it again to really touch the pivot, which they avoided here and also avoided here. Funny how that works. It was a quiet morning for stocks on the move today. Earnings season is pretty much wrapped up. There's a few stragglers. Today we had two potentials. Neither of them hit their price objectives. Therefore, there are no trades. They're off the table. What's going on over in camp IWM? Well, IWM did not have relative strength today against the SPY. And as you know, it's my favorite market-leading indicator. However, now they've closed the second day in a row above that 50-period moving average challenging this pivot high over here. And as you can see, the higher they move up, if they do, the more magnetic the convergence of these two moving averages will become along with the round number of 180, give or take. 
By the way, just for argument's sake, here, this candle did not fill this gap here. It came up four pennies short. They filled it today, by the way. And that was good enough reason for the IWM to stop going up today. However, still a decent day, still up six-tenths of one percent, a little over a buck. Relative weakness against the SPY, but a positive day nonetheless. Doesn't change anything here. The only thing that changes this weekly chart is getting above the convergence of these moving averages. Trading to the top of this range is just trading to the top of this range. If you say, all right, here's the top, which is the bottom of these moving averages, and here's the bottom, okay? Now they've traded bottom, top, close to the bottom. Now they're going back to the top. Are they going to break out above this, or is that going to be overhead resistance? So nothing has happened to material on the weekly chart until or unless they get into and above those moving averages. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Got stymied by these moving averages, convergence of these on the daily chart, 50, 200, 20s below. And here again, this is my second favorite market leading indicator, a number one canary in the coal mine. Interestingly enough, again, relative weakness against the spiders. It was up on the day, but relative weakness nonetheless. So these are puzzle pieces. They're on the table. I note them. We can't do anything directly with that information right now. However, we want to know about it. Why was the relative weakness in two market-leading indicators? Does that have meaning? Well, to me, it has meaning. It may not have as much meaning today as if it does if we see this type of activity persist. And if the divergence goes away or the slight divergence or slight relative strength goes away, then so be it. But it's something that I watch. These are the type of things that may help confirm or unconfirm something else I'm looking at, another chart I'm looking at. About the Q people and the band marches on. Look at this weekly chart. Busting above the 100-week moving average. Keep going. There's a pivot eye here. They've eclipsed that today and closed above it. That opens the door for more stuff, but they have to keep above it. They have to stay above it on weekly close. Coming back down tomorrow doesn't do the trick. We really never wavered over the cues are bullish, above all the moving averages, the trend is your friend, there's nothing wrong with the cues, all that stuff. Kept saying it each and every night. Got a lot of flack for being bullish. Now, I'm not bullish or bearish. I'm reading the chart, I'm interpreting the charts, and I'm telling you what the charts are saying. It's not what I am, it's what is. Get a lot of hate mail from people that are short, can't believe you're bullish, you're a perpetual bull, all that stuff. I'm just reading the chart telling you what's going on. And the more people that send me hate mail because they have puts and I'm saying something's bullish, guess what? The more I know the market's going to go higher. It's called the email indicator. Most people are wrong most of the time. The media will lead you in the wrong direction most of the time. XLF. Above the moving averages, not so bad. You have a breakdown candle high and a gap above 33 and change. And what you have here is a low, a higher low. And when you look at the weekly chart, you can make a case that you have a low, a higher low. You have this move down, a move up, which is A down, B up, and C would be down. That's one option. But now let's take the other option. Let's redo this and say you have a low, a higher low, which is bullish. And now off this low, you have an A leg up, a B leg down, 
and a sea leg in the making that will complete into these moving averages and officially above the high of the A leg. At that point, if they did that, they would be into this big time breakdown candle. Where's the resistance in this candle? Or do they climb all the way up to the top and this 100 period moving average? Food for thought, analysis on the XLF, how you doing? And Smash Mouth finally gets to the number I've had on the board for who knows how long. Pre-split, post-split, 132.70 was the target. We said they probably weren't going to stop there since they came close, rewound the tape, they kind of spooled it back a little bit, recocked the gun, whatever you want to say, spring-loaded, and here you go. Next place is all the way up above 140. Doesn't mean they have to get there. That just means that's the next important place that I would put on the board. Doesn't have anything to do with intraday stuff, just big picture stuff. Remember this? As long as they stay above that 100-week moving average, and here you have the 20 sloping up into it, then that was a bullish piece of information. That was a bullish situation. Break below opens the door for the breakup candle low, and a whole new set of things are going on. But they stayed above the 100 after testing it three weeks in a row, and here we are. Talk about it every single night. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.